Broadcasting to you live from the Milky Way galaxy, the solar system, planet Earth, North America, the United States of America, no longer California to be specific. My name is Brian Engelman, and this is the Unhappy Hour. Oh, yes, it is, folks. We are live, and we are going to talk about the Browns, and we're going to talk about Novak Djokovic. Here we go. All right, everybody. We are back, and I'm trying to see if we're streaming live here on the Facebook. Oh, there it is. Perfect. Looks like we are streaming live. So I just want to say a few things before we get today's show rolling. First off, an introduction. My name is Brian Engelman. Hi, everyone. For the past 12 years, I have run the new American media because the old American media has failed you. Now, I do several shows, um, and I run many groups. I get TNAM Food and Drink. I have TNAM Humor, TNAM Grow Something, T-N-A-M is for the new American media, of course. So that being said, um, there are many different places that we broadcast. Right now, you are watching this because you are on a stream. This is called Restream. And this show is, it's almost an episode of Strictly Browns. Now, Strictly Browns is where we cover the Cleveland Browns strictly. However, we're going to make a special exception today because huge news in the world of sports yesterday. Um, we're going to talk about it. It covers current events. It covers um, politics and the, the pandemic. We're going to talk about Novak Djokovic. Um, I, for, for the background, by the way, I was a tennis player. I still am. I just haven't played in a while. Um, I guess, you know, once you're something, it's hard to say I'm a former. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I will always be certain things. Uh, I just, I'm not currently there. Maybe that's a mindset thing. Do you agree or disagree with that? I mean, I'm no longer a Californian, but I will always consider myself a partial Californian. Where does, where does that fit into things? I don't know. But I played tennis and Novak's story, uh, it speaks to me. So we're going to start with that, but then we're going to quickly pivot and focus on the Cleveland Browns dismantling the, you know, juggernaut Cincinnati Bengals. So if you're watching this on the new American media, you're like, well, I, I usually just, I, I tune in here to see uh, the agree to disagree show. Now in that we cover about five or six or seven topics uh, twice a week, Tuesday and Thursday at 3 PM Eastern time. So if you're following us on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, you'll see the streams pop up, but you know, we're just going to broadcast where we broadcast. It, it, it's tough to compartmentalize all of these things, but we're working on it. We're trying to find the rhythm and the timing that works. So if you found us accidentally, maybe stick around because we're going to talk about, you know, the first story, the tennis story is, is a news story as well. It is as well as it is also, that was a weird phrase. You know, it's, it's an inspiring story and it's an important story. But mainly I'm here to just talk about the Cleveland Browns rolling the Cincinnati Bengals. So let's jump into this here. If you have comments, go ahead and type them below. 
uh, in the comments section. I do get to see the comments as they roll through. So I want to start with this. Novak Djokovic, <laughs> his game-winning shot at the U.S. Open has ironically been named the Moderna shot of the day. Djokovic defeated Daniil Medvedev in straight sets. So, here, let's check this out. In straight sets, Djokovic, Novak Djokovic, defeated this guy Medvedev to win the U.S. Open on Sunday night, along with his fourth victory in Flushing Meadows. There's a good Simpsons joke about about Flushing Meadows, by the way, where he really has to pee. He kind of daydreams at the bus pulling up. They're taking him to Flushing Meadows. I kind of love that. Actually, hang on. I clicked on the link. Why is the story not showing? This is a new glitch with Resum. I apologize. This was supposed to be up here. But we're back. Okay. There we are. Now. He also picked up another accolade during the match. One Djokovic play was named the Moderna shot of the day. The shot was Djokovic's return to Medvedev, who sent his own ball into the net. The mishap clinched the win for the Serbian tennis player. His 24th Grand Slam title of his career. 24 championships. Who else has 24 championships? I would love to know. So, however, the irony of Djokovic's play was not lost on social media users who watched the U.S. Open. This is Djokovic's first U.S. Open tournament appearance since the U.S. lifted the coronavirus vaccine regulations. Djokovic could not play in last year's tournament because he never received the shot. So here, let's play this from OutKick. Oh, oh boy. Well, we'll take you to the... Moderna shot of the day, and it was Moderna shot. Look, can can we all just pause and focus on this for a second? This guy, Novak Djokovic, Serbian. This man is in peak physical condition. He is one of the best tennis players to ever live, if not the greatest tennis player to ever live. He was not allowed. To enter the United States. Let's think about the, the, the stupidity of this, if we can. This Biden administration has allowed somewhere between, and, and this is Barack Obama's third term. It's a shadow term. It's a ghost term. Let's let's not get it twisted. I, I, I don't think Joe Biden knows how to change his diapers. I don't think he knows where he's at half the time. He's the bag man. His son is the bag man. They're laundering tens of millions, probably hundreds of millions over his career. A, a traitor. Same with Obama. But this is the third Barack Hussein Obama term as president. S estimates have somewhere between 4 million and 10 million illegal aliens intentionally flooding into this country, being incentivized for 2,200 free dollars. I don't know if you saw that story being incentivized for $2,200 per illegal family that, that comes across the border. Wow, I left all this food outside. I can't believe why it's, all these raccoons are showing up. It's a mystery. 
it must be global warming that's causing it. It must be climate change that's causing all these raccoons to show up. I can't believe all these people keep knocking on my door and saying trick or treat. It's just that my light is on, my 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 front porch light is on, and I'm giving out Snickers bars. I blame climate change. These people are traitors, and they think you are mentally disabled. They think that you have the IQ of a kidney bean. While this administration, if you can call them that, I think they're corrupt. I think they've staged a coup to overthrow the United States government. All you got to do is read the Time Magazine article where they boast. They boast. It was like in Wag the Dog where they were talking about, um, I want the credit. Well, sir, nobody, you're, not, you're never going to be able to tell this story. Yeah, well, not now, but when they eventually do. Oh, no, this story will never be told. I want the credit. Okay. Okay. They bragged about fortifying the election. That's rigging. That's uh, drop boxes. That's mail-in ballots. That's uh, 51 former intelligence officials, including five former CIA directors, traitors to the country who lied about the Hunter Biden uh, uh, blackmail laptop, the, the, the treason laptop, the corruption laptop, the bribery laptop, quid pro quo laptop. They all lied about it. I think they said 17%, 19% of people that were the uh, voters, almost 20% of the people would have definitely switched their votes. I just saw something yesterday that said Donald Trump won all 50 states in-person voting. In all 50 states with mail-ins and drop boxes, stuff that wasn't, wasn't completely and fully uh, verified with signature verification and, and didn't meet the, the, the protocols of the states. All of those went to the deep state Democrats. So, well, the reason I bring this up is not to turn this into a political show because today is mainly a sports show. However, I've cross-posted this on the New American Media sites. The point is this administration, if you can call them that, the president slash resident, temporary resident, they've allowed four to 10 million people to flood across our borders. Once again, trying to get future Democrats voting. Oh, well, no, you don't need to be a citizen to vote. All these people. No, no, no. You have to be a citizen. You don't just get stock options. You don't get the option to sit on a board of directors with a company just because I decide so that day. You have to have skin in the game. You have to be a part of the process. These people have violated our laws. They've snuck through the back door. The rest of us have paid the admission price, been paying taxes. We've been on the grid, on the radar, doing things the right way our entire lives. These people are sneaking through the back door of Disneyland. We can't even get on the rides anymore. It's 17 hours to get on. It's a small world after all, because all of the illegal aliens are in front in front of the line. They're giving the Maui residents $700 once, a one-time $700 screw you payment. And they're trying to give illegal aliens $2,200 a month to stream across the border. I say all of this for a reason. It's not a rant. It's not a rave. I'm glad you stuck with me. There's a point. This fake administration, this Obama with Biden as the meat puppet, have allowed 4 to 10 million people to fit across the border, but then they tell a tennis star, a tennis superstar, you cannot come into this country unless you've been vaccinated. Well, they're not vaccinating all of these 10 million people that have flooded the southern borders. 
It is insane. Tell me, I got to take my shoes off at the airport. You got to scan my backpack. I can't bring uh, a, 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 a snacks onto a plane. I can't have a bottle of water. You need to fondle my genitalia just so I can have the pleasure of getting on a plane because safety. Yes, I, it, it's not lost on me today's date, September 11th. But don't tell me about safety when you're going to allow 10 million people to stream across the border, but not let this tennis superstar into the country, into the United States to work on his craft, to be gainfully employed, to work doing what he loves. He has the medical autonomy and freedom to do or not do whatever he wants. And if the shot is so damn effective, it doesn't matter what Novak Djokovic does or does not do. If it's effective, I am covered because I chose to, took the th to take the thing. So this story of Novak Djokovic is, it's, it's infuriating. It reminds me of when Kyrie Irving, was banned from playing the game of basketball. He couldn't play on the on the on the court for the New Jersey Nets. He could not play. But you know what? He could attend the same game as a fan and he did. I'm trying to remember was that a college game was that a Georgetown game. So he could be there front row but he couldn't be on the court playing. It makes no sense. And so this Moderna shot of the day. Maybe the match point. point. Oh, the match. match point to get to number 24. There were a lot of shots that were highly impactful. So the Here's the final one. Another day at the office. Yeah. Relief and release there. Look at how it's Novak Djokovic. So the shot of the day brought to you by Moderna. The shot of the day brought to you by Moderna. These companies that tried to force things into you to keep your employment. Tell me, is that exactly the same thing that Harvey Weinstein was doing? Yes, it is. Harvey Weinstein. You need to insert this thing inside of you or else you can't play. You, you can't work in this town, toots. I'm going to put this thing inside of you. It's gross. We all have the right to choose what goes inside of our bodies or not. How damn interesting. Every now and then, the video game... Uh, well, like in the Matrix, it's the girl with the red dress or the black cat. It's a little glitch in the Matrix. It gives you like a, hmm, synchronicities. I, I like to think of it as like mile markers on the road. You're traveling and you, bing, you see the sign. Okay, well, uh, all right. Well, I'm supposed to pay attention to this sign. It's a synchronicity. It's a glitch. It's the, it's the simulation winking at you. The shot of the day brought to you by Moderna. One of the companies that lobbied our politicians to force you out of your job, out of your homes, out of out of your livelihood, away from uh, civilization, away from the opportunity to travel, away from all the things that we love, kept us separated from family and loved ones unless you took the thing. Congratulations, Novak Djokovic. You won 
You won. You are the sportsman of the year. Kyrie Irving stood up, took a stand, and crushed it. Andrew Wiggins won a, a, a championship, and he still regrets that he was bullied into taking the thing. He didn't want it. He still regrets it. What about Bronny James? Was that a congenital heart situation, or was it brought on by something else? How are we going to know? We're not. I wish him well. I'm sorry it happened. But if he was bullied by U USC or coerced to take a thing that damaged him, and these things do damage people. They always have. To what degree? I don't know. Minuscule? Significant? Complete? I don't know. The jury's out. None of us know. So if you want to kind of roll the dice on something nobody knows about with a long-term situation, a long-term potential repercussive, repercussive situation, have at it. But good on Novak Djokovic for standing his ground. He was he was cheated out of other championships. He, you know, you look at Ted Williams. Ted Williams could have won a couple extra batting titles, maybe another uh, championship or two. But he was fighting in World War II. Part of his career was taken from him. Muhammad Ali, he was banned. He was, you know, he, he took a stand against the military industrial complex and they tried to ruin his career. How many years were missing from the middle of his career? Michael Jordan, eh, some say that there was some illicit gambling going on and he was quietly suspended for a little while while his father was murdered, perhaps for unpaid gambling dues. I don't know, but I've, I've heard that. But we're just talking about players at their peak that had moments of time in the middle of the peak of their careers taken from them. So, oh yeah, Jordan retired, or it was something else. Either way, Jovac had Novak Djokovic had had time taken away from his career, and um, seeing him come back, getting the the Moderna shot of the day, wow, that is a glitch in the matrix. That is the the, the simulation winking at us. Good for you, sir. I couldn't be more proud. Couldn't be more proud. All right, so right here, let's press pause, and we're going to talk about the Cleveland Browns. Here we go. Okay, so as you know, the Cleveland Browns have defeated the Cincinnati Bengals 24 to 3. I want to talk about a lot of different things. Good grief. There are so many fantastic storylines going on here. So, Cleveland Browns. Joe Burrow was is the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. He just Became the first player to make $55 million a year. Signed a massive contract extension. They kind of are the cream of the crop of the AFC North. The Baltimore Ravens have re revamped their team as well, and they're consistently competitive, frustratingly consistently competitive. As you know, the Baltimore Ravens were spawned when Art Modell stole the Cleveland Browns, took them to Baltimore, where they subsequently drafted fantastic players with the same General Manager Ozzie Newsom, who was calling the shots in the front office for the Cleveland Browns, and we could have built an empire in Cleveland, but instead we were robbed of that. And then our head coach, when the team was taken, was a, a guy, I don't know, he didn't really do much afterward, named Bill Belichick. Another guy on our roster at the time, on the coaching staff, another nobody who didn't have any other success anywhere else, was Nick Saban. 
imagine what that Browns team could have been. So forgive me if I'm a little jaded. Forgive me if all of those episodes have helped lead me to create the unhappy hour. That's kind of where the name came from. So um, the, the Browns were... You know, we've been a perpetual doormat in this league. Yes, Baker Mayfield did take us to the playoffs a couple of years ago, but then he got hurt and then he got blamed for everything under the sun. Um, by the way, he won yesterday through double the touchdown passes of Deshaun Watson, had 100% fewer interceptions. So it was two touchdowns, passes for Baker, no interceptions thrown. Deshaun Watson threw for one and had one interception along with one running touchdown. So same number of touchdowns if you want to break it down by running. But I don't because I, I don't think this running thing is is sustainable in the, the NFL. I, I really don't like seeing quarterbacks running around. I like elusivity, but I don't like running to the extent that some of these guys do. I think they overdo it. So um, Joe Burrow went 14-31. He threw for 82 yards the entire game. The entire game, he was benched in the fourth quarter. So let's just talk about it. The, the weather was trash. Um, I did. So let, let, let's kind of go through the roster, the good and the bad. Uh, look, Nick Chubb is a consummate professional, fantastic. You know, he ran for over 100 yards. Unfortunately, didn't get in the end zone. I could have used those points in my fantasy football league for sure. Um, but he did well. Jerome Ford did okay, except he had a really potentially costly fumble. Now, kudos to the defense. The Browns defense shored up and they did not, they made sure that that did not come back to ruin the day because we've seen it before as Browns fans. Um, we would be winning by many points. We would take advantage of a situation. We would be battling an opponent and we would start winning the game only to have mistake after mistake. Oh, now there's a long touchdown. Oh, now there's a fumble. Oh, now there's a turnover. Oh, now there's a 24-second violation. Oh, now someone stepped out of bounds. Oh, missed a field goal, missed an extra point. Oh, now we lose the game. And so as this game was progressing, the, the, the part of me that was got, that was very concerned or most concerned was the Browns' ability, question mark, it was me wondering, do the Browns have the ability to continue to add to a lead? We, we saw, I shared in the Unhappy Hour on the Facebook group. It's a private group. Join it. Search the Unhappy Hour Sports Show. It was NBA players talking about how the most difficult game in the NBA is a playoff closeout game, insinuating that the refs are rigging the games to, to extend the series so that you can get more ad revenue and get more um, more games so you can sell more tickets and sell more merch and sell more charge for more parking and, you know, just, just everything, more revenue. You want game sevens, drag the series out. You know, and the Browns had a problem with kicker Cade York. So we cut him. Holy crap. Dustin Hopkins, bravo to you. I'm going to get to you in a second. But my, my point with the kicking game is that, if you want to make sure that you're never going to get burned by the kicking game, don't live and die by the kicking game. Win by four points. If you always are winning by four points, you're never going to have to rely on the kicking game. Now, here's the thing. If you want to make sure you can also defeat the referees, let's be honest. A lot of these sports are just qualified. They're, they're, they're categorized, rather, as sports entertainment. 
I think there are severe RICO situations, the, the gambling influx, because if, if some of the biggest money that's entering the sports world is about gambling, well, how are you going to allow gambling if the referees are the same as World Wrestling Federation or, or World Wrestling Entertainment? I, I think there are enormous gambling repercussions should this ever be exposed, like Tim Donahue, look him up in the N N NBA. But if you want to make sure the referees can't, because here's how you do it. You're winning by 10. I got the game under control. Joe Burrow drops back. Oh, he, he lets one rip. He's at his own 20. He sends a 45-yard pass to Jamar Chase in the air. Incomplete. Oh, wait, there's a flag. Pass interference. You can easily rig the NFL games with pass interference calls. Easily. You know another way? Holding, number 71, offense. So if a team's in charge, they could just set you back. Now it's not first and 10, it's first and 20. It's so easy. Because you could call holding on every play in the NFL. Do you? And I've said for years, Miles Garrett has been getting robbed. He's definitely been getting robbed. Um... In the same way that Shaquille O'Neal and LeBron James have been getting robbed their entire careers. LeBron, of course, has been because he's currently playing. O'Neal was getting robbed, or he did get robbed. Uh, how many plays were they fouled? These people are just, they're physical specimens. You can't contain them. They're, they were probably hacked more with fewer penalty calls, uh, fouls called on them than any player in NBA history. I watched all of LeBron's Cavs games, all the highlights. I, I just, I've always, I mean, you couldn't stop him. So the only way the, the NBA could deal with that was to just kind of let him play. And so that put him at a disadvantage. He should have been at the free throw line 15 extra times per game, but he wasn't. So if you want to make sure that you don't end up on the other side of a referee trying to determine the outcome of the game and put their finger on the scales to balance and recalibrate and force their favored teams, their favorite favored teams to the win. Well, you got to win by more than seven. You can't let one bad play ruin it. You can't let two bad plays ruin it. You can't let three bad plays ruin it. So the goal is don't win by three. Don't win by four. Don't win by seven or eight. Don't win by 10. Don't win by 11. Don't win by 14. Don't win by 15. Win by 20 plus. I know, Brian, that's ridiculous to expect in the NFL that a team could win by 20 points every game of the year, go undefeated and win a Super Bowl. It's not impossible. We can do it. Anybody can do it. If they're good enough, you know, there's that phrase, any given Sunday, on any given Sunday, any team could beat any other team. Maybe. Yeah. So let's not let it get that close. Let's demolish the teams that we play. How about it? Demolish them. We won by 21. 24 to 3. They benched Burrow in the fourth. Freaking bravo. Deshaun Watson won 16 of 29 for 154 yards with a touchdown and interception. Deshaun Watson was doing the same stuff that I saw him doing last year. 
throwing it at the feet, one hopping it to the receivers. There's something off with his mechanics. Now, he did zip one in there to Harrison Bryant for a touchdown. Okay. Zipped a couple into Amari Cooper. Zipped one into Njoku. Like, I, I saw him throw. He made some good throws. But, man, there were a couple going for Marquise Goodwin. Godwin? Godwin? Goodwin. Why can't I remember? Goodwin or Godwin? Goodwin. Sorry, my brain does that sometimes. Overthrew him. Underthrew him. Underthrew him. If if he just releases that a second earlier and gives him room to go get it, these are two touchdowns. Uh, he underthrew and he overthrew all game. I was not impressed. Um, but he did what it took to win. He scampered for a touchdown on his feet. Good. That's that's part of the game that makes him a dangerous quarterback. Okay, that's the modern NFL. I don't love it. You take one hit. It just, I, I don't want to see my quarterbacks get hit. Am I old school? Am I so conservative? Is that such a ridiculous philosophy of mine? Well, I don't think it is. I don't think it should be. I think protecting the quarterback should be paramount. Um, but the weather was trash. The counter argument to me critiquing Deshaun's performance would say, Look at Burrow. Burrow went 14 to 31 for only 82 yards on the day. He didn't get into the end zone once. So Watson clearly wins that that uh that head-to-head matchup. That's true. But I hope this is a wake-up call to the Browns and to Watson. We got to figure out how to throw in that wind. The Browns playing on the lakefront? Uh, because we're playing for home field advantage. This is a playoff or bust team. To me, this is a Super Bowl or bust team. No excuses. I am over the excuses of, oh, well, Deshaun Watson hasn't played for a year and a half. Now he has. Oh, well, Deshaun Watson didn't get a full offseason. Now he has. Well, it's Baker Mayfield's fault. He tried to play when he was injured. Yeah, just like every other player who's always played professional sports, and they've been celebrated, but you bash Baker nonstop? Awful, awful fan take. Can't stand that. But Baker's not a part of this equation anymore. Baker is so gone. It has nothing to do with this current regime, this current team. Baker unfairly took so much pin the tail of blame on Baker Mayfield last year. It disgusted me as a Browns fan, but I'm not trying to dwell on it. It's just a sidebar. My point is that there are no excuses left for Coach Kevin Stefanski. I contend that last year, if Coach Stefanski would have just kept Jacoby Brissett in a quarterback, we would have made the playoffs last year. Playoffs, I do. I really do. Watson came in and stunk up the joint. He's like the only quarterback to have lost to Cincinnati in four years, five years, something like that. Wasn't Baker undefeated or something? I mean, he's injured year. I, anyway, it could also be said that had we fired Joe Woods two years ago, we could have been a playoff team. It was special teams and defense that were really destroying the Browns. We were putting some points on the board. But the defense was killing us, and the special teams were killing us. So let's talk about it. I'll get to all that in a second. But just to wrap up to Sean Watson, the expectations are through the roof. There are zero excuses. We signed him the highest contract in NFL history for a quarterback. The most guaranteed money in NFL history, period. Period. So that being said, I have expectations that are of a top three quarterback level. There's Joe Burrow, there's Patrick Mahomes, and then there's Deshaun Watson. Nobody else is better. 
Nope. Jalen Hurts. Okay, fine. So he's four. He's number five. He's top five. We paid him like top one. He's definitely top three. He was sold to us as top three. So he needs to play like it. He didn't quite play like it yesterday, but we got the win. I'll take it, but plenty to grow on. But there's no excuses. This is the year I expect an undefeated season and a Super Bowl win. I know an undefeated season's only happened once. I know that's a ridiculous thing to expect. So so don't at me. I know. I know. I get that. But I'm just telling you, making the playoffs would be a failure. That is not a success story to me. Winning the Super Bowl is the only thing that I'm in this for. Not here for moral victories. Oh, we almost got them. Well, we we could have won. We, you know, we almost got them. Well, at least we made the playoffs. That's better than let. Nope, no bullshit. Super Bowl or bust for the Cleveland Browns. Get this shirt. You can like see through it. Did I have this on yesterday? Because I switched shirts a couple times yesterday. A different brown shirt and then a different shirt. Anyway, um, so Deshaun Watson got it done. We got the win. Fine. Fantastic. Um, happy about it. I'm, I've moved on from all the animosity. Uh, but it was happy to see Baker Mayfield get a win against the, the Vikings. Good Vikings team. He got the win for for uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Good for him. I'm really happy about that. But let's, let's talk about what has traditionally been the weak point for the Cleveland Browns. It's been the defense. And so we have a new scheme. Jim Schwartz, he's got our players blitz. And I think they said 54% of the, the snaps that Joe Burrow took were blitzes. That's the highest percentage he's ever seen. Now, of course, when you blitz, you leave people open, and that could lead to confusion. But the team seemed to know where they were supposed to be at, where they were supposed to be. With Joe Woods, you never really got the feeling that the players understood the, the game plan, that, that they never really fully understood uh, the strategy. They never fully understood their assignments. And uh, there's a phrase in coaching, it's called paralysis through analysis, paralysis by analysis. If you're out there thinking about what to do, you're going to get beat. The reason, relate this back to my football experience when I played on two undefeated teams in high school, yes, call me Al Bundy. Wow. Heaven forbid I had some great experiences I'd like to share. Heaven forbid there were were, uh, moments of, of coaching, training, and experience in the trenches that could lend some valuable insight to the situation. You know, you're Al Bundy. For you, did, did, did you have great successes or you're just jelly? Are you jealous? But we had great coaching. The point of that story is just to say, in high school, we had fantastic coaching. The way that they broke down the game footage of the, opponent, of the opposing team and the way that our team would train our scout team offense to perform just like the team that we're getting ready to see it allowed us to mentally prepare for, okay, when this guard pulls, drop your shoulder and blast him because they're going to try to run it right off this B gap. So when they do that, you got to drop your shoulder and close this gap. Then when that happens, your outside backer has to cover around, make sure they don't bounce it out. Okay, well, if there's a reverse, you go as deep as the deepest back. You never let, you never over pursue a play because they could be coming back around this way. If they hook you at the tight end, you got to fight through it. Never let anything get between you and the sidelines. That's what I, my job is defensive then. There were different things that I had to learn. And when, by the time it got to game day, I wasn't thinking I was just playing. I was letting my, my athleticism, my instinct, uh, the stunts, I could X in, I could dart out, I could twist, I could spin, I could bull rush. There were all sorts of things that I could do. 
the Cleveland Browns looked like a very well-coached defensive unit yesterday. They looked absolutely dominant, let's be honest. Who, who would have ever thought we could embarrass? We embarrassed the Bengals. And we are the top dogs of the AFC North right now. Can we keep it up? Well, we're going to have a game on Monday night against another division rival. Schittsburg Steelers, who kind of got motorboated. Motorboated? That's not what I'm trying to say. They got steamrolled. I don't know, some sort of transportation analogy. They got rocked by the 49ers yesterday. So that's going to be Monday night. We're in the driver's seat. If we have the chance, because we beat our division rival, the one who's gone to the AFC Championship game two years in a row. Like, that's the team. The Bengals. We got them. Okay, cool. We have the Ravens to worry about. We got 16 more games. I'm not trying to get ahead of myself, but I do expect a perfect season and a Super Bowl win. I know that's that's that could be silly to you, but not to me. To me, that's the bare minimum expectation. That defense was nasty. So, Zadarius Smith coming in, that's changed the dynamic of that defensive line. Absolutely. Our secondary played well. Well coached. It just, the strategy worked. We knew what to expect, and we crushed it. That one... Um, uh, pass interference call on Denzel Ward, uh, I believe on Jamar Chase. You know, that was tough. But once again, we would bend but not break. Like when Jerome Ford had his fumble, the defense stepped up and stopped it. I believe it was a three and out, and we got the ball back. Normally, traditionally, over the past 30 years, the Cleveland Browns have not been able to overcome these mistakes. That's different with this team, at least through one, at least through one game. So I, I can't say anything much more... Uh, glowingly than I currently am about Jim Schwartz, the new revamped Cleveland Browns. I did criticize Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry for keeping Joe Woods as long as they did. That cost us two playoff runs. Because remember, after Baker, that was Baker's injured year, that he should have been benched by his coach, but he wasn't. And our defense let us down. Because we were still scoring points that year. And then the following season, where Jacoby Brissett and Deshaun Watson, we were still scoring some points. But it really was defense and special teams that let us down. That, that was... Two years of potential playoff opportunities and experience missed from this core of players. That that would have been nice to have Miles Garrett get more reps in the postseason and Denzel Ward and you know the linemen and just just the whole team really. So Bravo A plus I, I A plus I am beyond ecstatic and um, I'm excited to see what the rest of the Browns defense can do this season. Can we be all time historic? We gave up three points, folks, to like one of the most powerful high-octane offenses in the NFL. This wasn't against a bum team. So super happy there. Moving on, one of the other weak points that we've had on the Cleveland Browns has been the special team squad. So there were no major mistakes. There were no fumbles on kickoffs or uh, kick returns. Um, the one thing, the, the first kickoff of the game – kind of landed, I don't know, inside the five-yard line, and they came out to the 30, 35. There was a long return. I think it was our kicker that that, that, that made the tackle. Uh, Hopkins, you know, you never want your kicker making the tackle. Don't do not don't do that. Um, so a little bit to clean up there, but some of the subsequent kickoffs were nice. Either put it in the end zone or put it like at that no-man's land where it's like, am I at the one? Am I at the two? Do I need to go out? Or should I like make them have that little moment of hesitation? Um, but the kicking game was solid for, for kickoffs. 
punting was okay. I mean, Bajorquez had one, I believe he shanked one. I think it only went 21 yards, if, if my memory serves correctly. But the rest of them, he boomed several of the, of the punts. Okay, cool. Uh, I want to talk about the mundane. The extra points when we had our touchdowns, they went through. <laughs> they weren't blocked. They weren't tipped. They weren't shanked. They went through. That's what we're looking for. That's what we're always looking for. Automatic. Was it Martin Grammatica? Automatica Grammatica? I love that nickname. But yeah, we had a field goal opportunity and he nailed it. Crushed it right through the middle. I, bravo. Something happened to Cade York. He, he wasn't able to consistently put together his career in Cleveland. He couldn't do it. And so Cade York had to go. They were strong enough to, you know, they cut Anthony Schwartz. Anthony Schwartz kept dropping his passes. They cut him. That was the right move. That was a draft pick. Speed and and all the measurables, he, he they wanted him to be something, but he couldn't. Cade York was drafted really high, really high for a kicker. Booted that 58-yard game winner. Opening day last year, Baker Mayfield drove his team, the Carolina Panthers, down the field against our Browns and did enough to score a touchdown. Baker went in the end zone, scored a touchdown, taking the lead. And it took two really suspicious, if he plays, uh, penalties that kind of weren't penalties, if I'm just being objective, to get the Browns into field position where Cade York could kick that 58-yarder to spoil that revenge match, that grudge match uh, for Baker against his former team, the Cleveland Browns, last year. But, I mean, we know Cade York had a leg. He, went, he kicked that game winner. It was almost 60 yards. It was clutch situation. If he misses it, we lose. Something happened to him. He, you know, throughout the stretch, he he had problems last year, and then in the offseason, in the preseason, he was missing them. Cade York became a a lot of people were saying he was the weak link. You are the weakest link on the team. And so they addressed it. They went out and got Dustin Hopkins off the Los Angeles Chargers. Let's hope his success can continue. All the extra points, most of the field goals. All of the field goals within the range that you're supposed to make, and most of the ones when you start getting out. Ah, that's the minimum expectation, and he gets an A-plus for game one. Punter gets an gets a A-minus. That one shank could have led to great field position. Now they score a touchdown. Now they're... Whoop, they kick it onside. It bounced off so-and-so in the rain. It slipped off his... Now they get the ball again. They score enough. So a 24 or a 14-point swing there, all because we gave them good field position. It's one bad play. One bad play could swing into bam, touchdown, and then a quick turnaround with a second touchdown, a 14-point swing. Never give up a bad play like that. So I'll give him an A- minus because he's got to clean up that, sh that shank. I, third quarter, fourth quarter, I, I watched it. I think it was 21 yards. Um, I put it out on our Twitter feed, I believe, and typed it out. Make sure you're following us on Twitter. We're at the unhappy hour underscore. And on YouTube, youtube.com slash the unhappy hour. But that being said, bravo on special teams. Um, we didn't give up any massive returns. That first return was way too long, but uh, you know, an A, an A, a solid A. No mistakes in the rain. That's that that gets an A. A plus, A plus is pretty tough. Hopkins gets that A plus because he was perfect. Um, 
So yeah, the special teams came through in the clutch. Well done. So that being said, what else? What else do we talk about? The kicking thing looks resolved after game one. Special teams looks good after game one. All of special teams. The defense looked unbelievable in game one. Talked about Nick Chubb. We talked about Jerome Ford. Looked okay. He looked serviceable as the second back, but he, okay, you know, it happened once. That's a turnover. If it happens again, that becomes a trend. This is not good. Not the way to start. Not the way to start. Uh, David Bell had a dropped pass. Uh, unfortunate. I'm not ready to crucify any of these people because of the, the game playing conditions. And look, if the Bengals could could perform so poorly, surely I can give some grace to the Cleveland Browns. I'll give that much grace. You can't be dropping passes when it's right in your bread basket. You turn around and it's right there. Watson can't be missing people that are wide open. I get it. The weather, the rain, the wind. Okay. Well, just that those are areas that, that we can improve upon. So let's get to improving upon it. God, how long has it been since 2004 since the Cleveland Browns have started a season with a win? That is in, just insane. Now there's the home opener and the opener. So there's kind of different metric. You, but either way, we've sucked in game one and at the home opener. Frankly, we've had lousy teams since 1999 when we came back. This is huge. We're not starting off, uh, you know, ho-hum and doggone it. We uh, we had them and we let them get. We knew, who the, we, we knew who they were and we let them get away. Who's that coach? Den- was that Dennis Erickson on the, the Arizona Cardinals? They are who we thought they were and we let them get away. That's what it was. This is different. There's a swagger. They went for it on fourth down and Miles blew past two people and smashed Joe Burrow. That picture of of a crumpled quarterback and Miles Garrett, that is is putting the NFL on notice, son. It feels very different. This is is how it's supposed to feel. Look at the Ohio State Buckeyes who are 2-0. But it's, it's not a super impressive 2-0. It's kind of like, yeah, I mean, but it's Youngstown State. Yeah, but it was Indiana. If it was dominating, and it's like, ooh, everybody like kind of pops up, like Georgia or Florida State or that team up north. It's like, they look really good. Buckeyes look, you know, okay. They look, they look like they're a team that's 2-0, but I don't know. They got to improve. The Browns, the Browns crushed it. Fantastic job. Uh, you know, I, I've always critiqued Coach Stefanski a little bit for getting a little too cutesy with his calls. If he got Nick Chubb the ball enough to get him over 100, fine. I would have loved for Chubb to get in the end zone, but he didn't. We did enough to win. That's it. That's all you need to do. I don't I don't need stats. I don't need uh, fantasy numbers. I, I don't need glitz, glitzy plays. I need wins every single week. I, I'm expecting a Super Bowl win this year. No excuses. Well, if they make the playoffs, it'll be better than last year. Stop. No. No, no, no. Super Bowl. Change our mentality. Start acting like we've been there before. Fake it till you make it. This team is loaded. I said it on yesterday's show. It's like Jay Leno's garage. If if you've ever seen his show, if you know anything about him, I swear I drove past him one day on the PCH up by Malibu. He was wearing like uh, like a light... They call it the Canadian tuxedo. Uh, 
denim on denim. He's in some old timey car and we went past him. I think we were stopped in traffic or slow, slowly moving through traffic. But if you go in Jay Leno's garage, you open it up and it is just Maseratis and McLarens and Porsches. And it, it I mean, it is astonishing. It's a car museum. It is. Oh my Lord. This is look at all of these fantastic things in this garage. That's what coach Stefanski is looking at on the roster. This is a, perhaps the most talented Browns roster we've ever seen. Keep in mind, Deshaun Watson is a three-time pro bowler. He's supposed to be the third best quarterback in the league. How about make him number one? Go out, get MVP, get the Super Bowl MVP, lead the league, whatever. Just go, do it. I'm not going to look at this incredible collection of cars and then go pick the Toyota Corolla. I don't know. It's, it's kind of economical. It would be nice to make the playoffs. As long as we don't get beat by the Ravens. It's like, no, 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 no. Super Bowl, championship. Think bigger, think better. This roster's stacked, and we're all in our primes. This offensive line, that was the other point I wanted to get to. Um, the uh, injury to Jack Conklin. Actually, I don't know the update. Let me let me look up. Jack Conklin injury update. It didn't look good. Knee injury. Oh, now they're saying season ending. Is this season ending? Oh, God. Uh, Yahoo Sports is uh, reportedly suffers a season ending knee injury. Doggone it. Jack Conklin was an integral part of the Browns offensive line heading into 2023. The former first round pick out of Michigan State has been quietly. Wait, where are we at? Oh, has been a quality offensive tackle. Sorry, I tried to bring the article up here to show you. See if I can do it this time with Restream. Okay, Restream makes me double click the link now. Don't know why, but here we go. Um, a quality offensive tackle for both the Titans and the Browns in his career in the week one game against the Bengals. It appears he, oh, okay, may have. Okay, okay, now this is different. The headline says he suffers a season ending knee injury. God, I hate headlines. It appears he may have suffered a knee injury that could jeopardize. Here, let me highlight this for you out there in the back. May have suffered a knee injury that could jeopardize his 2023 season. Conklin is feet. Oh, son of a gun. I was just trying to highlight. I didn't want to go to his tweet. His ex. His post from Ian Rappaport feared to have suffered a significant knee injury. He'll have an MRI, but there's a possibility he's off for the season. Uh, okay, well, this article sucks, Yahoo Sports. Sorry I even showed it to you. Um, I don't know if that is the latest with Conklin. Let me look him up on Twitter, on X. By the way, if you're not following us on Twitter, we're at American underscore media underscore. For our main page. I got a cat tearing through. What's up, man? They must have found a toy. Uh, okay, we'll get updates tomorrow on right tackle Jack Conklin. So, oh, God. Also, left tackle Jedrick Wills Jr. went for post-game x-rays. Oh, no. That is not good. I did not 
quite know that one. Okay, MRIs Monday. Okay. Well, and I can't refresh here. Like, it's showing me this stuff from 18 hours ago. Sorry, guys. Like, I know this sh stuff should be handled in show prep, but usually I can refresh, just pull the screen down. Am I even showing you this page? Anyway, that's our Twitter feed. So this is going to be an issue for the Browns. Uh, that offensive line depth is going to be huge. So that's an, a developing story to keep our eyes on. That'll be one of the biggest concerns this week now is, is you know, praying for the health and the speedy return, if possible, of any of these players. And just hoping that we've developed a stack of players sitting behind them, like DeWad Jones, possibly, to step in and crush. And, God, if we're down two, not that I'm the biggest fan of Jed Wills in the first place, but you don't want him getting injured and, and sacrificing uh, talent and depth there. So that's one of the biggest things to pay attention to. Prayers to them. Hopefully they can get back on the field quickly and get rehabbed quickly and, you know. That the good Lord Almighty can watch over this team and keep us healthy. That's the prayer. It's tough to win a Super Bowl. That's why it's so tough to win a, all, all of your games. But let's aim for it anyway, shall we? Lots to be excited about on this victory Monday for the Cleveland Browns. Next game up, I believe, is the uh, Monday night game against Pittsburgh Steelers. So let's go, Browns. Follow us in all the places. On Twitter, X, at the unhappy hour underscore. And our main group for the New American Media Search uh, at American underscore media underscore on Twitter X. Uh, YouTube.com slash the new American media and YouTube.com slash the unhappy hour. One is sports. One is all the other things. Trying to make a separation there to keep it mostly sports. I know today we kind of got into Novak Djokovic story for the first uh, segment of the show, but it's important. It's super relevant. You have medical autonomy over you. Nobody can force you to wear a mask, to shut up, to inject something you don't want. Never forget that. You saw that that uh, governor out in New Mexico. She said, well, I normally you have rights, but if there's an emergency, I can take them away. So I'm going to ban your Second Amendment rights. It's like, um, you need to be recalled and you need to be indicted for civil rights abuses. The quicker that the red state governors and the legislators can start indicting the people that are infringing on our, our rights, our civil rights to self-defense, our second amendment, right? You know, our medical autonomy is a right. And when it was, when Novak Djokovic was forced out of the country, he was banned from entering the United States of America while Obama through Biden is allowing Millions and 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 millions of people to flood across our southern border without getting the jab. It's all trash. The whole narrative is garbage. Novak Djokovic should have never been banned from America. You should have never been forced into making a medical decision that you weren't comfortable with. You should have never had to lose your job or threatened with loss of your job to do something that you sheepishly just kind of went along with and you hope it's going to be okay. Novak Djokovic, you broke down barriers. You came back stronger than ever. Bravo to you, sir. You are the sportsman of the year, hands down, for all that you've endured. I am so sorry and disgusted that my government, and it's not my government, the government, 
if they're actually duly elected, which I severely, sincerely doubt at this point. I cannot believe that our country chose to put this cast of clowns in charge. But this guy should have never been banned to come into the United States to play tennis. He came in and won the, the U.S. Open tournament. Bravo. I'm so impressed with you, Novak Djokovic. Sportsman of the year for the unhappy hour. Hands down. So impressed. Equally impressed with the Cleveland Browns performance. Good job. I, I, credit to Andrew Barry for making some really tough roster decisions. Unfortunately, with some of these injuries, there's going to be more tough decisions to be made. But hopefully he'll, he'll spend the money and do the best that he can with what's available. And, and kudos to Coach Stefanski because he is on the hottest of hot seats. Simply making the playoffs is not enough. If he doesn't win the Super Bowl, if he doesn't get to the, the if he doesn't get to the Super Bowl, if he doesn't at least get to the AFC Championship game, there's any number of professional race car drivers that would raise their hand and go, not so sheepishly go, I would love to open up that garage and run with these prime specimens that you have here i would love to take control of your roster and take us to a super bowl win jimmy Haslam's proven <laughs> and andrew barry's kicking the can down the road far enough with all of the, wyatt teller has restructured his deal so and so has restructured his deal and joku is everybody restructured their deal to kick the can down the road you hear about bobby bonilla day in the uh major league baseball bobby bonilla day Oh, by the way, comments. Sorry, I didn't have my comments thread open. Um, Bobby Bonilla Day, you know, he signed up. Okay, well, don't pay me now. Just pay me a million a year, like, forever. Yeah, 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 let somebody else deal with it. And now they're dealing with it. Um, let me roll through some of these comments. Well, all right, who is this? Who is this? C-A-S-E-B. Kaseb. California Seb? All right, you got to type in more here because you said told you. Well, what did you tell me? When you type that comment told you that because then I could I could react to it I, I don't know how to react to told you I don't know how to react to O-line what about the O-line O-line did great uh, blah 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 O-line injuries are going to be an issue what about the O-line C-A underscore S-E-B says yes what are you saying yes to okay here's a comment I can I can respond to he is a dome quarterback the elements were the problem okay all right there we go I can here we go let's put this up on the screen Type your comments here because I, I want to interact with you in real time. I'm not going to make today's episode a marathon, but I do want to react a little bit. He is a dome quarterback. Uh, I, be I believe when you say he, you're not talking about Burrow. You're talking about Deshaun Watson. Yes, he – well, but but look, he played at Syracuse. So I'm going to dispute that. He won a national championship with Syracuse. Wasn't Syracuse – hold on. Let me – if I'm incorrect, where does Syracuse – play football okay i stand corrected I, I just thought new york i'm like oh well he's in if you can if you can play in the new york conditions you can play anywhere but it's the jma what, what is jma wireless i don't even know what that is but it is a a dome okay originally the carrier dome and colloquially called the dome and more recently the jma dome Okay, good point then. So Deshaun Watts, where did he play high school football? Was that a dome as well? I'm sure he played outdoors in high school. Most most people do. Also, you said that's a stretch. What's a stretch? T type in a, like a full sentence so I can react to it. I can't react to that's a stretch. What's a stretch? Um, but, but okay, that, that's a good point you're bringing up. 
Deshaun Watson is a dome quarterback and the elements were the problem. Okay. But he's going to need to quickly figure out how to throw in those elements. Just like Cade York, he kicked at LSU. Was it the elements? He just doesn't know how to kick outside? What a shame if so. You got to figure it out. Have Philly Dawson teach you. If that's the case, it's adapt or die. You know, that, that's the moral of, of life these days. Adapt or die. But yeah, okay, we're going to keep our eye on that. That's a really good point. Maybe Deshaun Watson is only a dome quarterback, and he's going to always struggle when he's not inside of a dome. I sure hope that's not the case. Um. Okay, your other point that Joe Burrow has more talent at wide receiver? I mean, Jamar Chase is awesome. T. Higgins is awesome, right? Like these guys are really good. Shit, did T. Higgins have a single catch? I think he put up a zero in my fantasy football league yesterday. I wanted to start Williams on the Saints, and my I co-manage a team with my buddy Clint, and he goes, no, let's let's go with T. T. Higgins. Burrow's going to play. He's going to do well. No, he didn't. So I let him make that call. I wish I would have overridden it. Uh, Amari Cooper's very talented. Is he Jamar Chase? I mean, no, nobody is. It's like Chase and Jefferson and everybody else. They, I mean, there's five or ten really good wide receivers. and Amari Cooper's top 15. He's he's up there somewhere. Amari Cooper's very good. He's just, you know, he's 30. He's not 20, 23, 24. So, yeah, Burrow does have more talented receivers, I suppose. But Elijah Moore was supposed to be a big deal. He didn't really get all, all that involved yesterday. What's your name? C-A underscore Seb. How do I refer to you? Kassib <laughs> says that Burrow isn't getting it like Watson would have got it if the Browns lose 24-3. Damn straight. All right, now why? Hmm? Why? Hmm? Is it because he's white? Hmm? I don't buy into any of that stuff, but some people do. One of the big stories yesterday was like, oh, wow, look at how many black quarterbacks are in the NFL. I said, whoop de doo Who cares? Look how few white running backs are in the NFL. Who cares? whoop de doo I still saw Christian McCaffrey highlights. If you're good, you're going to play, right? It's going to happen. Look how few white wide receivers there are. Yeah, a couple in New England. Any others? Like any? I think it's a long days from Brian Brennan. But no, I, I mean, Joe Burrow is the golden boy, right? The all-American kid. Classic quarterback syndrome. Pampered and elevated to levels of uh, stardom that are beyond reproach. And look, Watson needs to he, Watson needs to play perfect. He needs to play fantastic all season. I I think he's a creep. <laughs> I think a lot of what he got involved with, with all those accusations, I think a lot of these Instagram models, these Instagram massagists, massage therapists, I think they knew exactly what they were coming over for. I'm sure they didn't mind getting paid a couple hundred bucks. I'm sure they didn't mind seeing if they could catch a ride with a rising NFL superstar. Maybe even roll over and catch a kid out of it. Now you're set for life. It's the world of professional athletes. I'm not naive. And and look, look, if somebody wants to enter in some sort of consensual arrangement with somebody, get a little uh, Robert Kraft action, and that keeps you from catching diseases, having kids out of wedlock, uh, <coughs> getting into abortions, and 
killing a human life that you it's why even go there <clears throat> you have alimony now you got payments you got baby mamas all over the country i mean you get a massage and you get a happy ending in a consensual partnership like like why is that something i need to necessarily concern myself with well that's illegal should it be it's a release it's like you got to rotate your tires every now and then to, to stay in balance you got to properly inflate the tires on your car to stay in balance. If you're not a dude, maybe you don't understand, but like you kind of got to take care of your machine to stay in balance. And maybe you don't have a girlfriend. Maybe you don't want a girlfriend. Maybe you don't have a wife. Maybe you don't want a wife. Maybe you're into dudes. Maybe you're pretending you're not into dudes. That whole Tucker Carlson story that you may have seen with uh, Larry Sinclair. I don't know. On one degree, I don't give a crap. Just like I don't give a crap about what the color of the skin looks like of the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, offensive lineman. I don't care what you look like. I want you to perform on the field. Merit-based. I love sports because it's merit-based. It's supposed to be. Oh, but I saw all the graphics. Look how many black quarterbacks we have. Who cares? Can you win? I don't care what you look like. We're supposed to be in a society pre-Barack Obama coming in with all of his racial division. We had primarily moved past all this racial nonsense but he knows it's a money maker he's a trained marxist divider and that's where the money is the al sharpton uh the, the jesse jackson shakedowns and racist 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 blm oh we're gonna burn cities we want money give us money okay this is awful all of this is awful get back to the meritocracy this Biden puppet administration, they put Buddha judge, has no business being a transportation secretary, but he checks the box. He's not heterosexual. Oh, good. It's it's a it's a special group of person that gets a job. Oh, look at this person will elevate in the military. Well, he or she that dresses how they, well, they check a box. They're not binary or something. Okay, they should be there. It doesn't mean they're talented. It means they're checking diversity quotas. This is not how you're supposed to operate a football team or a nation. So anyway, is Burrow not getting critiques because he's white? I don't know. I said that, not you. I'm not assuming that's what you meant by that. But yeah, but also Burrow has a track record. The, the knock on Deshaun Watson was, look, he's good. He's a three-time pro bowler, but he's never led his team to victories. Yes, some victories, but not consistent playoff contending teams. Okay, go back into college. Yes, he did win a, a national championship. You can only win one of those per year. You can win one Heisman. You can win one national championship. He got that national championship. Did he win the Heisman? I don't know that he did. I'm going to look that up. Did Deshaun Watson win the Heisman? I don't think he did. Okay, they're saying he was robbed of the Heisman. Hang on. Okay, he might have won the Heisman twice. He finished third in 2015 and second in 2016. Am I understanding this properly? Heisman front runner, not winning the Heisman. Because up here it's saying 2016-2015 Heisman trophy. Oh, okay, so they're saying he was nominated. Okay, sorry, I'm... I'm here, let me show you this screen while I'm looking at it. If it'll let me. You know, I watch all these seasons as they're happening, but then to, to instantly recall everything about them, 
I don't know that that's an easy thing for me to do. Right, so Bryce Young won it last year. Caleb Williams won it the year before that. Devontae Smith. Okay, Joe Burrow. All right, so Joe Burrow's a uh, Heisman Award winner in 2019. Kyler Murray the year before that. Dwayne Haskins, rest in peace, man. Oh, doggone it. I can't click back further than that. Be 15 plus more. That's the point. Yes, that's what I'm going for. Oh, for the love. <laughs> Sorry, let's click a different link. That was supposed to be a better segment where I could just click and show you the last couple Heisman winners. Oh, yeah, I really needed to know that Jay Burwanger in 1935 won it. Why couldn't they do this, like, upside down, where you get the Heisman Award winners? Troy Smith. All right, there we go. All right, there we go. Okay, so, yes, accurate. Baker Mayfield came in third in the Heisman in 2016, and then Baker won it in 2017. Lamar Jackson won it in 2016 for Louisville. Watson came in second. Derrick Henry won it in 2015. And Watson won it the year before. Look at that. Amari Cooper, third up on the Cleveland Browns. Amari Cooper came in third in 2014. That's going so far back. And, of course, Johnny Manziel, Robert Griffin, Trent Richardson. This Heisman runner-up story, this is like a graveyard of former Cleveland players. Okay, so no. Sorry, that was all just to tell you Deshaun Watson has not won a Heisman, which is probably irrelevant. It was a little sidebar on the, the journey of today's show. But yeah, Joe Burrow not getting criticized like Watson would have if, if they got blown out by 24 to 3. That, I think that's accurate. But I think recent NFL success grants Joe Burrow a little bit of leeway. Watson's coming off of a trillion accusations. Um, legal issues. Hey, we're all innocent unless proven guilty, and he wasn't. And even sometimes, I mean, we look at the court system and all these Trump indictments, they're absurd. Even then, you got to kind of take these things with a grain of salt. But that being said, um, I think Burrow is getting a little bit of deserved leeway. He was injured all of the preseason. He might still be injured. They were, they were stretching his calf the whole game. I don't, I don't think he's all that healthy. That's a developing storyline we might want to keep our eyes on for the rest of the season. Is Joe Burrow actually injured? Um, I want to get to this. This is a great, great point here. Joe Woods was the problem. I said that to my father. I said, had, had, had they just fired Joe Woods a little quicker, we could have been a playoff team the past two years. That was the biggest, weakest link. Defense and special teams, let's be fair. Special teams were pretty atrocious as well. Joe Woods is gone. Long live the reign of Jim Schwartz. Keep this man. Keep him happy. You know, but but let's be fair. 16 more regular season games and then the run up to the Super Bowl. Every game counts because I want home field advantage. I want to be playing these games in Cleveland. Will that be a detriment? I really do think that in 2016, switching sports... If the Cleveland Indians had played the Chicago Cubs in Wrigley, Chicago would have choked it. They would have choked it away. The fact that it was in Cleveland, that they didn't have home field advantage, I think that hurt the Cleveland Indians. I sincerely believe, had we played that game in Wrigley, that the Cubs would have choked it, just because of tradition and history. 
would I rather play in a dome in a controlled environment in the AFC Championship game? Then, you know, it's not the same Cleveland Municipal Stadium where it went wide right or they say that extra point or that that kick actually went through for the Cleveland Browns against the Broncos and that they made the wrong call. Check the replay. Uh, was that 87, 88, 89? Would I rather have home field advantage but really cold, windy conditions on the lakefront? Would I rather be the underdog playing in a controlled environment dome? That is a great question. I don't know what to say to that. But that's our question of the day. What do you think? Would you rather play an AFC championship game to go to the Super Bowl in Cleveland with sketch, potentially sketchy weather conditions or in somebody else's home field in a controlled environment dome? It depends what kind of team we are. When I played in high school, every game we played my senior year was rainy or snowy. It was all slippery and wet. It was like battling in World War I trench. That's a great question. I don't know. Facebook user says, indeed, keep politics out of sports. Now, you know, I have said that the unhappy hour here is the anti-ESPN. We're not woke. We're not embarrassed to exist. We're not buying into the propaganda of ABC, ESPN, Disney. That's one mega corporation. And you have a lot of the leaders of these sports, the LeBron Jameses, who were really trained, brainwashed, ruined, abused by people like Barack Hussein Obama to constantly inject racial division every chance they get. I used to like Le- I used to love LeBron, then I hated LeBron down in Miami. Then I loved him when we won a championship in Cleveland. Then I became kind of indifferent when he moved to LA. I was living in LA when he came out there. Now I'm kind of indifferent. I, I consider LeBron James to be the greatest of all time, the greatest all-around basketball player. I think 21 years of consistency, of peak physical condition in, in his prime, consistently putting up great numbers. One of the top five assist players of all time. Yeah, assists. Where's he at in rebounds? Isn't he up there? He's up there in damn near everything. His longevity, breaking the Cleveland curse, championships for three different franchises. I just I consider him the GOAT. But I also consider him insufferable insufferable oh it's just it's terrible all this anti-trump stuff is pro-obama pro-hillary pro-democrat party that i think is destroying this country the democrat deep state and the rhinos of the republicans are part of the deep state the deep state tries to control everything and pretend that they don't they're ruining everything great about this country so i got no time for any of them but yeah espn constantly pushes left-wing politics they're like it's it's so empowering to have men dressing as ladies and breaking their skulls in MMA. It is empowering for a guy to say he's a girl and to compete against girl swimmers. Girl power. No, I disagree 100% with all of that stuff. Because ABC, ESPN, Disney, that's Jimmy Fallon, Snow White, uh, not Stephen A. Smith. Who's the most insufferable racist on ESPN? But they, they get rid of Kurt Schilling because he didn't want guys in girls' bathrooms with his daughter. Everything ESPN does is push a deep state Democrat divisive agenda. Here at the Unhappy Hour, we don't. We're the opposite of all of that stuff that they do. So yeah, keep politics out of sports. I think you're referring when I said, I don't care about the color of your skin. 
Only racists give a shit about the the melanin, the content in your in your skin. Normal people don't care. Do your job. Do a good job. Be a good human. If you're cool, I'll be cool. If you're not, that changes things. I don't care what you look like. So yeah, we need more of that. A um, couple more comments here, and then I will wrap up today's show. Oh, that's Sal. Wait, this is Sal. What up, Sal? That's right. You 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 wrote a really nice post. Um, sorry, th- this one isn't Sal. This other Sal. I love Sal. Um. You know, Sal, I might be able to bring you into this program. I'd have to send you a link, and then I could bring you in, and we could go side by side. I know we were doing that on the live shows that we were doing um, just on Facebook Live. All right, talk. Send me a me- Sal, send me a message, and I want to be able to test this out maybe the next show that we do <clears throat> and uh, see if I can bring you in. I know you, you always like talking, but Sal in the Unhappy Hours Sports Show, a support group, private group on Facebook, <clears throat> excuse me, Sal had a really well said commentary about, you know, the only reason it matters about if a quarterback's black or not is big because for so many years until like Doug Williams, Warren Moon, Randall Cunningham, some of these trailblazing black quarterbacks came in, it was widely assumed that black athletes were dummies and they weren't smart enough to handle. Oh, I'm going to sneeze. <coughs> oh, excuse me. I'm surprised more commentators don't sneeze when they're talking about sports. I don't see that very often. Normally there's a dump button. You mute it. But sometimes in the middle of your thought, you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to, oh, there it is. And so Sal was making the point that there was this mentality that black athletes were dummies and they're not smart enough to be capable of running an offense. Yeah, you can run. Yeah, you can run and catch. Yeah, you can push and block or you can push and tackle, but you can't like remember all the plays and know where people are supposed to be. That's what smart people do. And only whites can be smart or only Asians can be smart or only Hispanics can be smart or only Arabs can be smart. Or only Eskimos can be smart. Anybody can be smart except a black person. Okay. Now I'm waiting for the day that somebody's going to try to take that quote out of context to say. <laughs> there were fine people on both sides to do a rupar. To, to, to say he encouraged people to drink bleach. Never happened. He called Nazis fine people. Never happened. <laughs> So me talking about what other, they'll, they'll try to Papa John me. Papa John talked about what other people said and he used a bad word and they removed him from his company because he said what other people said. He wasn't saying it. He was saying that other people were saying it. And so they removed him from his own company. So someone will chop that out because people in the 1950s in Alabama thought that blacks couldn't uh, run an offense. So Sal, Sal, anyway, what I'm saying is Sal put a nice comment, Terry, together explaining that and i think my co- i read it and i started typing something i'm like not no not not now not not right now i disagree for these re-. and i think i just said well there's that I, I commented something very benign um but the only way to get past that crap is to get past that crap constantly bringing this stuff up it just rips the scab off and now we're back to bleeding again it's scabbed over. It's done. Like we're, can we move on? Can we move TF on, please? That's not directed at you, Sal. It's just, 
Next year it'll be, now there's 15 black quarterbacks. Now there's six. Now we have our first woman coach. It's like, I get it. I get it. There's, uh, there's different mile markers. There's different, uh, you know, benchmarks of our first transgender wide receiver. Oh my God. Are we going to do this for everything? Or can we just not talk about this stuff? Not talk about the stuff that's completely irrelevant to the game, completely irrelevant to wins and losses, completely irrelevant to all of it. Please. Can we stop fixating on the divisive stuff and focus on winning and losing focus on camaraderie and accomplishments and skill and talent instead of all this nonsense. So anyway, God, I feel like I could do a nine-hour show today, but I can't. I do have to wrap this up. Darn it. I love all you guys participating in here. Okay, so you're saying it was 1986 when that kick uh, went over. Um, okay, the, the drives field goal was in 1986. There we go. Thank you. That's what I was trying to get to. So did we go to three AFC championships, 86, 87, and 88? Or was it two? I know it was back to back. Was it three in a row that we lost? All to the Broncos? Oh, God, don't make me remember that. I was such a little kid. Anyway, uh, Facebook user. Who's Facebook user? Who is this? What's your name, sir? Or madam? Or whatever. Uh, Baker was canned because of quotas. And Haslam was buying his own hype and smelled the pain too much. Smelled the paint too much? I don't know. Baker, Baker should have been benched by his coach and the general manager should have all sat down. He goes, no, guys, coach, coach, no. I, I, I'm in a contract year. I got it. I'll play through the injury. I'll take the injection. I'll get this injury taken care of in the offseason. Give me a chance. Coach, I led us to the playoffs last year. You go, I mean, okay, you've earned that much. You opened the Bud Light fridge back when that was cool. It's a little different these days. Um, or like, yeah, you, you had you threw the touchdown pass to Hollywood Higgins that, that took us past the Kansas City Chiefs in their stadium to take us to the AFC Championship game against the Bills that we won and then got to the Super Bowl and won. Now, none of that happened because the referee didn't call the helmet-to-helmet hit with Dirty Dan Sorensen on Hollywood Higgins. But Baker threw that touchdown pass. It should have been a touchdown. Instead, it went through the end zone as a touchback. We lost by less than a touchdown. We should have won. Baker did enough is what I'm saying to have a little bit of leeway granted to him. But after a game or two and he didn't have it, it was the general manager, Andrew Barry, and the coach, Kevin Stefanski, that needed to sit down Baker Mayfield and say, kid, I appreciate your guts. I appreciate your gusto. I appreciate your heart. I appreciate everything you did last year. But kid, but here, and, and have it in the room. Play, play clip one, play two. Kid, you're not making the play. You, you, you're not moving the way you used to. You're not rolling out. Of the, you're not taking hits. You're, 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 you're missing wide open. You're not the same player. The injury has clearly affected you. We're not going to hold that against you. Get healthy because we're not going to play you again this season. Start your recovery process right now to be, come in and be ready next season. Final decision. We're done. No more conversation. Thank you. That's what a real professional team should have done. So Baker was failed by them. Anyhow. Okay. My oh, I'm just going to show you real quick. This is what I'm trying to react to. Comments of told you. Sal, what'd you tell me? O-line. What about O-line? Yes. Yes to what? Just give give me a, a, a full sentence. No. No to what? Hi, Sal. I love you. Thank you for participating. Facebook user did say 1986. I appreciate that, that that's when the drive came through. 
American Saxon. What does this mean? Yep. Yep. To what? So that's, that's my request. When I go live and I hope you participate in future shows. And I really would like to do this for like nine hours. I love talking Cleveland Browns. It's my favorite time of the year, especially when we're good and we're good. We are good. We are a Super Bowl contender this season. Don't accept any excuses, any mediocrity, please. Okay. So anyhow, when you come back into the program, make sure that you go ahead and participate by uh, giving me a full sentence to react to. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll do more of this. But for now, I'm going to bounce. I appreciate you. I love you. Go Browns. And we'll talk to you again soon. Take care. Peace out.